And let's go ahead and pray before we get into this word today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you for being with us, for being here. Lord, your desire is for every person to, to walk closely with you. You want people to walk in the fullness of your provision and blessing at all times. And so I pray for each person that they would hear words from your heart to theirs now that would direct the course of their life. For those who need to make course adjustments, Lord, help them and make it clear to them what changes they need to make. And for others, may they be reassured that they're walking in your will and in your plan. And we thank you for your abundant supply every single day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Another translation says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And I want you to know today that the plan of God uh, for your life is a good one. It's a plan of peace and prosperity. It's a happy, it's a happy future. It's a, it's a good time. And that's what we're talking about. We've been in a series for a number of weeks, and this is called Your Future. Are you interested at all about tomorrow? Uh, we ought to be, okay? Some people can't think past lunch today because something keeps reminding them. But we need to be more mature than that and remember that tomorrow's coming, next year's coming, 10 years from now is coming. As a matter of fact, a 1,000 years from now is coming. And that's not just for our descendants. Uh, that's for us. A 1,000 years from now, we're all going to be somewhere. How many know we were created as spirit beings and spirits do not die? When I say die, I'm saying in this sense, they don't cease to exist, which is really not the accurate definition of dying, but uh, they don't cease to exist. You will always exist. I will always exist. Every person that's ever been born will exist forever. That's the way God created us as spirits. Physical bodies die, yes, but the spirit lives on forever. And it is all contingent upon what we do in the allotted time that we've been given in this earth, in, the, in this life, what we do here affects forever future. And so this is really important stuff, isn't it? I mean, you really consider the gravity and weight of our decisions today. It, it really makes an impact on what we're going to do today because tomorrow is a long time. The future uh, is a, it, it lasts a long time. And so I've got to make some quality de decisions and choices. But understand this uh, about um, this scripture here, that the prosperity and future hope that the Lord has in mind concerning you is directly tied to his plan that he has for you. I can't expect and, and think that I'm just going to prosper and have everything work out for me if I'm following my own counsel, doing things my own way instead of the Lord's way for my life. These things are related together. And so I must uh, uh, consistently and continually seek His plan and His direction for my life. In that, there's fullness. In that, there's abundance. In that, there's peace. In that, there is fulfillment in life. Now, how do we deal with the future now? How can I deal with tomorrow today? This is a question we've been uh, discussing the last few weeks. We said to you, number one, that our giving 
today will impact our future, will impact tomorrow. What I give today, according to the Bible, is what I receive tomorrow. All right. Number two, we said to you that our saying is very key to our future. What I say today is what I get tomorrow. If I'm speaking words of death, if I'm speaking words of negativity, that is what will manifest in my life in the future. I've got to guard my mouth, man. I've got to keep a lid on it when it comes to letting uh, junk and unbelief and all kinds of doubt flow out of my noggin. And, uh, and I must keep God's word and his promises and what he has said about me. Let that come flowing out independent of what I see and what I feel. I'm going to believe what God, ha- what God has to say about me. And if I'll let that flow, we see from the word of God that that, is, that will big time uh, manifest and happen in our tomorrows. Number three, we said that our praying. How do I deal with the future now? By praying. If I'm a person of prayer today, I'm inviting God into my future. And much of what I pray today will show up tomorrow. And so if, I'm not, if not much is happening today in terms of the Spirit of God moving in my life, that could be, uh, could be tied to my lack of praying in the past. But all I know is wherever I've been, no matter what I've done, here I am today. And so it's not a matter of looking back. It's a matter of looking forward. What am I going to do today that will change my tomorrow? So praying is a big key. Number four, we said this to you, that deciding, deciding the decisions that we make today are directly connected to where we're going to be tomorrow. That's easy enough to see that if I decide to do what's right today... Tomorrow is going to be a manifestation of that decision. Tomorrow, what I experience will result from the decision I made today. And so our decisions are very, very important. If I want tomorrow to be different than today, I must make decisions uh, today that are different from the way I made them in the past. Are you listening to me now? Everybody here? Okay. Quality decisions will directly change the direction of and course of our lives all right and so receiving a word from God like we we talked about earlier that will alter or reshape our lives will be in connection now with our unique design and this is where I want to get into number five okay here's number five how do I deal with the future now that is discovering discovering if I will discover my unique design and discover what things the Lord has placed in me and what place he wants me to uh, fit in what place he wants me to fulfill in life then I have directly um, changed my future for the better if I continue wallowing around wandering around in indecision, not knowing where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do, where I should focus my energy, there will be much frustration and there will be much dissatisfying effects in my life. Uh, In fact, one of the best ways to guarantee your future to be very unfulfilling and dissatisfying is to try and be something that you are not. Is to try to fill a hole that's a different shape than you are. Try and put all your energy and effort and mental focus to try to become something that you weren't designed to be. That is a life of frustration all day long. 
And, um, you know, many of us have um, done small chores around the house and maybe we're going to hang up a picture or something. And, you know, we've got to drive a nail into the wall. We find the stud and uh, we're going to drive that nail, but we can't seem to find a hammer. And so what do we do? Typically, uh, we find something else that kind of looks a little bit like a hammer, <laughs> has some kind of heart into it, the back of the screwdriver, you know, another wrench, something. And we're trying to bang on that thing. And how many know that can be pretty frustrating in and of itself, trying to drive something in with the wrong tool, okay? And, and like, you know, sometimes you just can't get it. Other times you miss and you hit your thumb or something. And uh, uh, it can be quite painful. But likewise, in life, when a person is designed for a certain task and they're going a different direction, they're, they're not the tool to do that other thing. If I'm a hammer, I should look for nails. Okay? If I'm a screwdriver, I look for screws. Okay? And stop looking for anything else. But oftentimes, people are a certain design. They're a certain tool in the hands of God, but they're endeavoring to do a task that they weren't designed to, uh, to do. Okay, and that's why so many times there's a, a lack of consistency. I mean, people, they're believing God. They're, they they want to serve the Lord, but they're going opposite of what God designed for their life. And so it's just always, man, there's something not right about this. There's just something that's not working here. Something's not fulfilling in my life. And it's not a matter of God withholding. It's not a matter of God not wanting you to be happy and fulfilled and blessed. It's a matter of taking enough time to discover what that place is and what we are supposed to be doing many times people will try to imitate in life those who were who are successful and uh, that's not necessarily a super bad choice to make better than following someone and imitating someone who's a failure i don't want to do that but understand this those who are successful in life usually one of the biggest keys to that is they have found what they're good at okay they have discovered their place they're not just trying to be something that they're not. They found what they are. They're doing it, and things are just working for them. Okay? This is where, like I mentioned, this is where it could be confusing to those in the church. They get saved. The Lord turns their life around, gives them a heaven for their home in the future. I mean, it's just uh, the Lord does a mighty thing. And then they're hearing the promises of God. How he's going to give them this. And he'll answer this prayer. And you call on my name, I hear you. Whatever you ask in my name, you can have it. And with all these things. And if you'll give, it'll be given unto you. And they find a disconnect in their life where, yes, their life is so much better because they have peace toward God. But beyond that, they find themselves still struggling in different areas of life. And here's one of the issues. It's this. Even though I'm saved, even though my sins are forgiven and I'm heaven bound, that doesn't exclude me from operating in what God designed me to operate in. Okay? You can have someone who's lost, they're full of sin, they haven't received the Lord's forgiveness, but they are still operating within their design and they're experiencing some success as a result of it. How much better should it be for those who are saved. Those who are not only find their place. But they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. They got the Lord on the inside. Directing their steps. Guiding them. Talking to them every day. I mean to have a personal walk and relationship with God. Is, is awesome. But when you're in your place. This makes everything come together. And it produces a happy group. Listen. When you're doing what you're supposed to do 
I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and uh, we're all walking with the Lord. Can you, can you, t- can I tell you, that makes a mighty, mighty powerful group of people. When we come together, the hand's in the right place, elbow's in the right place, ear's in the right place, the ear's not trying to see, the hands are not trying to walk, you know what I'm talking about? And everyone, everyone's happy about where they're at, that produces great satisfaction and fulfillment. And so hammers can't do the job of screwdrivers, and uh, you know, we, we should not try to make everyone just like us, nor should we feel like uh, like we're pressured to be just like them. We are all different. Of course, in one regard, we're all the same. We're, we're the same in many areas, but there are also differences in our, in, in, in our lives. Many times people uh, in marriage, it, especially in our culture today, they experience problems because of uh, this philosophy out there that men and women are the same. How many know you don't have to be around too long? You don't have to have a degree to recognize that man and woman are different. But it's being imposed upon our thought process through so many different mediums today that men should be less masculine, women should be less feminine. We're kind of all... You know, just nothing. We're kind of all just neither. That's not the way God created us. I'm talking physically. I'm talking mentally. Talking emotionally, hormonally, many many areas. I mean, there's been some. Those of you who watch news, uh, local news, have there been some ridiculous things that have happened? Like the person that was uh, in in prison out there. And they were confused about whether they were man or woman. And so this, this thing went to court. And the judge said, let's pay for them to have these hormones, uh, this man to have these hormones to make him more feminine. <laughs> Duh. If you're going to pay for anything, wouldn't you pay for counseling? <laughs> Can you not see this is not a physical problem? This is an emotional, psychological problem. Wow. Doesn't it amaze you how dumb people can be these days? Anyway, uh, we must watch out that what happens in our lives is uh, in, in marriages and so forth, that we recognize, man, God made us different. He made us unique and special. And it's not trying to be like someone else or to blur what makes us different. It's to fully recognize the place that God has called us to and operate in that. In that, there's success, there's fulfillment, things just work, things are just natural, and, uh, and there's a flow, there's an ease to life that we can walk in. Now, what you are, let me, let me add this, when I said people are struggling and so forth because, uh, because they're trying to be something that they're not. What we are needs to be understood in light of who we are in Christ, not who we are in us, not who you are in the Johnson family. I'm just using that as a generic, by the way, if anyone's a Johnson. 
not, any, not who you are according to your upbringing. Who we are in Christ must be discovered through the Word. Because this is an area that I'm not going to find complete fulfillment in my life just because I, I refuse to mold into someone else's uh, idea of me. I do need to conform into His image. You know, like someone will say, well, you know, I understand. I don't want to be like someone else. It's, you know, kind of like you people. <laughs> you know, I'm not much into this uh, praising the Lord and that kind of stuff. Well, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You just don't know it yet. I'm telling you the truth about this. I'm not just preaching now. <laughs> Whenever someone invites the Lord into their life, he is the goal. As far as how our behavior is. Someone said, I'm not really into this praise in the Lord. Yes, you are. In Christ you are. That's completely natural. And you'll have a degree of frustration until you walk in it. Someone said, I'm not, you know, I'm not really into, you know, like, I'm not really one of those church people. You know, some people go to church all the time. That's really not me. Well, yes, it is. Absolutely it is. When you recognize who you are in Christ, you'll want to. There'll be a want to there. And something on the inside will compel you. Mm, mm. And you'll want to make it a habit. And make it regular in your life. So stop. when I say don't become what you're not, understand what you are what you're not. And the definition of our lives ought to come from here and not just from some other person or from our history or from our family who may or may not have done the right thing. Let God define you. Let the Lord define who you are and what you're all about and what you like and dislike. And you'll find the more that you do exactly what he said you do, you'll find out, wow, this is pretty nice. Wow, I like this. this is, it's because it's who you are. You fit into that. It's natural for you as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, look over to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 18, of course, the whole discussion of this chapter talks about how we're different in relationship to gifts and ministries and certain places in the body. 12:18 says, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased, just as he pleased. So our place now, I'm talking about in the body of Christ, which is related to our overall gifting, but not exclusively uh, this is more focused in the body of Christ God places people it's important that I know that so I don't get into a, a mindset and attitude that it's up to me that's another rabbit trail right there isn't it right there it's not up to me what I do in my life yikes now when I say that it is up to me, I have free will, but what I've been designed and created to do, that's not up to me. And so if I do what I choose, I'll be out of my place, fish out of water, okay? But if I do what the Lord has planned for me and I operate in the place that He has set me, things are going to work. That's why, you know, uh, talking about in the body of Christ, where someone goes to church, how they serve, what they do with the gifts on the inside of them... It is really key to our lives. And it's not about whether I, 
I choose to do this. I think I like this. I think I go here. Listen, for those of us who are saved, and I don't know better everyone's out here today, but for those of us who are saved, this better be an, ad, uh, an aspect of prayer that we wait on God and get some direction. Till you're certain about what the Lord wants you to do. Don't just be popping around making your own call. Why? Well, the Lord still loves you, but you're just going to be frustrated. And I tell you this, the body of Christ at large, all those who have received the Lord Jesus in this church, all the, all the Christian churches in the Treasure Valley, around the state, around the United States, and around the world, we need you to be in your place. All of us, corporately, there's a, there's a corporate thing going on here. We want to win the world. We want the world to be changed by the grace and the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And that doesn't happen with great efficiency if everyone's doing their own thing. If everyone's saying, well, I like this, well, I want to do this. Well, that's not really me. Amen. We need to have a heart and an attitude that says, uh, I'm going to discover exactly what the Lord wants for me, what he designed for me to do, the place he designed me to be. I'm going to flourish in that place. Man, if we'd all do that, how things would work. Like a well-oiled machine, things would just work. Come on now. There'd be an ease about our efforts. There'd be great fruit that results in everything we put our hand to. And so God has set members in the church, each one of them, just as he pleased. You know, the Lord didn't look down at you and say, you know what, I, I'm not very happy with them, so I'm going to put them over here. The Lord didn't look at you and say, you know, if, if, I don't really like the way they, they act. They've got a bad attitude, so I'm going to put them over here. <laughs> no, as he pleased, he sets the members. And so the Lord looked at your life, can I tell you, before the foundation of the world. Before you ever showed up, come on, he redeemed us in Christ. Before he, you ever showed up on the scene, the Lord was thinking about you, and he said, you know, I like them. I see their potential. I'm going to put this in them. I'm going to give them this ability. I'm going to do this in their life. This is my plan for them. I'm going to put them right here. And so someone's not a pinky because God didn't like them or a little toe because God was unhappy. No, he thought, we need little toes. We need elbows. We need ears. We need all the parts. Everyone needs a place to be. And on that basis, he designed something special and in particular for you. Amplified says it this way, but, but as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, each particular one of them, just as he wished and saw fit with the best adaptation. And so just as God saw fit, look at Proverbs 22. Proverbs chapter 22. want to help you to get where you need to get go where you need to go Proverbs 22 and verse 6 everybody there anybody else there and one last call <laughs> the rest of you 22 6 says train up a child in the way watch that word way in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. What is it? It is the way. If you'll train them in the way they should go, they'll not depart from the way. If you'll train them in it, they'll not leave it. Okay? But the word here 
that was translated the way that he should go. It's a word, of course, we can see it clearly that obviously we're talking about the way of the Lord. It's, he's saying here, train your children in the way that God wants them to go, the way of God. And that's why parents should all have their children's uh, spiritual interests at heart, not just their natural education. Are you listening? And, but this word way actually means in keeping with the individual gift or bent. When parents are told to train their children in the way they should go, he's saying recognize they have a gift or a bent to their life and you need to train them in accordance with that. It, is, uh, a, it can be a great problem when parents who have multiple children train every one of them exactly the same. Are you listening? We're not supposed to train all of them exactly the same. Just like any parent who has had multiple kids, we tell stories and we, we talk about the differences in our children, don't we? We say, wow, it's amazing how this one, their personality is so different. They just approach things. They see everything different than the other ones. Well, that's God's design. He didn't want everyone to be exactly the same. And everyone comes out a little bit different. A wise parent recognizes they're not all the same. I need to, with the way I discipline this child might be different than the way I discipline this child. Okay. Can I tell you, that's sometimes now the reason why people have, you know, a few, few kids that turn out great and then one goes off the deep end. That sometimes is the reason they didn't recognize the difference in that child and work with them dif differently. Okay. But now, now watch this. Do you think that if that's true concerning children, that they have a certain gift or bent, that it's also true about us? Or do we get to a certain age when all of a sudden we all lose our gifts and bents, and from now on we're all just the same? No, we're still very unique in that regard. Just like Jesus said uh, about the angels, about the children, he said their angel is always before the face of my father. And, and do we lose angels when we grow up? No, there are still angels assigned to your life. Okay, it, it, it could be said, I believe, that you have an angel. That I have an angel. Maybe you have more than one, I don't know. But they're assigned to us in life according to what Jesus said about the children. Likewise, concerning our lives, there are unique gifts and bents. And if we don't ever find out what those are and recognize the differences in our lives and others, we'll wander about aimlessly through life. We'll go and not really ever find our place. Sometimes people, back to the church situation, sometimes people in church find themselves so frustrated and not really fitting in like they ought to is because they're always looking at someone else's spot you know the hand is wanting to be an eye and they're always looking and seeing what someone else is doing and I want to do that I want to be like that instead of saying Lord you made me this this way and I'm a happy I'm happy about it I'm a happy camper and this is just where I want to be amen Tiger Woods does not need to practice his his passing game what does he need to do? Keep the golf club. Okay? Don't be looking at what someone else is doing well. Let them do that well. It's good if someone else does something that you don't do. Hmm? How many have ever watched uh, singing competitions? <laughs> like American Idol. 
And you thought, wow, it's not your gift, but you don't see that, do you? <laughs> you really don't recognize that. You're not good. But how many know it's a good idea? I mean, I don't like being mean or harsh to anyone, but if you've ever seen that show, you're kind of glad that some people are told <laughs> because you want them to get on with their life. You know, do something good with your life. Be happy and fulfilled and stop doing that because you'll talk about a life of frustration. But now listen, if that's true concerning some people with singing, do you think it could be true concerning any of us? What? What's true? That we're really going after something and we think we're good at it. We think it's our place, but it's not. And it's easily seen by others like, Do something else, man. It's not that you're not good. You're just not good at that. It's not that you don't serve a purpose. You just don't serve that purpose. Okay? And if I'm all, you know, if I'm the square peg trying to fit into the round hole, man, give it up. Go in the square hole. You'll find much fulfillment, much satisfaction when you get there. But always looking at a different place and doing what someone else uh, is supposed to do. That, that doesn't help. I need to find out what I'm supposed to do, okay? I know concerning some natural things, working in the house, and, and uh, there are some, some things that I can fix and repair, and I've, I've done a few things, you know, talking about handyman type of stuff, but, you know, I don't, I don't like it. And, you know, I've, I've put in some lights and some, you know, new fixtures and stuff, but it takes me twice as long as it would someone who knows what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I, I realized if I did it re- regularly, I could be more efficient. But for the most part, if there's a big pr- plumbing problem, I call the plumber. <laughs> Electrical problem, problem, there are people designed for that. <laughs> and if I do it, I might not have as many fingers <laughs> as the other person has. And so it makes sense to rely upon other people in some areas to do different things. That's true in church and spiritual circles. It's true naturally that when we find our, sp- our place, and don't worry about if you're not good at something. Man, I'd really like to do that. Well, just, you can't. Get over it. I knew this, I knew this woman years ago, and si- singing was her thing. She loved to sing, and we can all sing, but not everyone should have a microphone. And, and this person was like that, and uh, they loved to sing, and they had a, such a great time, but they weren't good. They weren't talented. What should that person do? It's called shower a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is sing in the car, sing in the shower, enjoy it. But if you're not really talented, to, you know, if you're not going to bless anybody else, you can't keep pursuing that as far as anything public. And you don't have to really feel bad about it. Say, I'd like to sing better. So would I. I'd like to do a lot of things better, but I can still, I can give all my attention to trying to do what I'm not very good at or go towards what I'm already good at. And when I say already, it doesn't mean I don't need to develop, but there's a gravity towards it. There's a natural flow towards something and emphasize that in my life and get really good. Wouldn't you rather be really good at something than mediocre at everything? A lot of the people that we that become high profile and think, wow, they're amazing at that. They're not good at everything. There are so many things that, man, if they tried to wrap their mind around it, they absolutely couldn't do it. But it's a matter of finding our place. And that's why we're talking about discovery. Discovery.
Let me show you a little bit more here. Let's see. Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to do something here in a minute. It's going to help you. Help you with your future. Ephesians chapter 4. And let's read down here in verse 16. This is another chapter that deals with this subject of how the Lord placed certain people in the in the church. Uh, Ephesians 4 and verse 16. It says, From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Notice every joint supplies. Uh, working, let's see, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Notice again, this, this phrase, this is a biblical spiritual truth. Every part is to do its share. Not every part is to do everything. Not every part is to be good at everything. Not every part is to excel at something just because someone else excels at it. Every part needs to do its share. When you're doing your share and I'm doing my share, well, I tell you what, that's when things work. That's when there's, there need not be any jealousy. Jealousy is a big problem in, in, in people's lives. It really is. Someone looks and they want what someone else has. They want to do what someone else does. They want to be what someone else is. Quit it! You're going to hurt friendships, hurt relationships, and, uh, and it's not really worth it. But finding our place and everyone doing their share, man, that's so worth it. That changes everything. Let me show you one more in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And, and let's look over here in verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice when you think right, you're able to understand what God's will is. When we have right thinking, we're, we're, we're able to walk in the perfect will of God. For I say to you through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now that measure of faith is tied again to doing the perfect will of God. He said, for we, as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. Function is a, be, a big important word here. It's not that one person is better than someone else, more valuable than they are, but is everyone doing their function they're in the right place as far as what they do in their life so we being many are one body of christ and individually members of one another having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us our gifts are different how are they different god gives grace grace is a measure of his ability God gives his ability for one to do something. He gives his ability for another person to do something. And if you can recognize that, that's one of the most valuable things that will happen in your life. I'm telling you, uh, it, it's been said about work, you know, that if you discover and find what you really like to do, you never work another day in your life. But I'm not sure many people really have that. I'm kind of thinking for most folks in life, they owe, they owe. So off to work they go. <laughs> and it's not about desire. If you were to dump, uh, you know, a large sum of money into the laps of most people, they would not be at work tomorrow. You know what I'm talking about. For some, they wouldn't even be at church next week. <laughs> they don't need the Lord anymore. 
Yikes. But when we find what we're supposed to do, it's independent of money. When you find what you really like to do, you, don't get me wrong, you might take a vacation more often. You might live it up a little more often. But you would find yourself going back to doing something. You see, the Lord did not design us and create us to sit around. And He wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper exceeding abundantly, but not to the point where you just sit around and do nothing. We're not created to do nothing. I don't think we're going to do nothing in heaven. I don't think we're going to get up there and say, man, mansion, woo-hoo, river of life flowing by. There's it. well, this is great. And then we, what do we do after that? Just sit, hang out. I think we're, we're going to be doing stuff. And I say this, what's my reasoning for it? I can't define uh, in particular and specifically all the events of heaven but i can tell you this i know god and i know the way he created us and he believes in purpose he believes in assignments and i think we'll be doing stuff but it'll be fun man we'll enjoy it there'll be a, a satisfaction in everything we do we're not working by the sweat of our brow but we're working to great fulfillment and i i really believe this that if we can discover our bent and our gifts in this life even if we get a boatload of money as a result of it. And many times they're tied together, by the way. You get a boatload of money, you may find yourself working on your own schedule, working on your own terms. But listen, you'll still find yourself going back to doing that because you like it. It's enjoyable to you. It fulfills a certain part of your life. Say amen. Thank you. What verse were we in? Verse 6, he said, uh, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so without going into any detailed explanation of these different gifts, these are some of the things the Lord's talking about, how I've placed some of these things in you, grace according to the gift of God that's in you. And he said, basically, use them. If you've got something, use that. If you are something, God designed you a certain way, be that. In that, you'll find the greatest fulfillment. You'll find that your future uh, is, is, the plans of your future are set right because they're in connection. It wouldn't make any sense in the world for the master architect, the great creator, to design you a certain way with certain gifts and certain abilities and say, now do this. Now do something totally contrary to the way I, I created you. Some people are actually afraid of completely and fully submitting to God's will, thinking he's going to ask me to do something bad. He's going to ask me to do something that's just, man, going to make my life miserable. That's not the way he works. That doesn't make any sense at all. That makes zero sense for the Lord to ask you to do something that you're not very good at. In the place that God directs you is in the place, is the same thing that he designed you for. And things work there. Prosperity flows to that place. It's connected. So it's worth discovering. Amen. Let me give you some questions to ask yourself. Analyze yourself. Ask yourself this, what am I good at? What am I good at 
Here's another one. What am I not good at? If you're not good at something, leave it alone. Hmm? Unless you know that you're supposed to do it, then that ability will come. But other than that, if you're not good at it, it's time to start thinking about something different. Uh, here's another one. What do others say about me? What do others say about me? If they're constantly saying, you ought to be doing something different, you might want to pay attention and give it some thought, whether you're fulfilling your place or not. The next one is, what do I like? What do I like? Are there certain things that you just really enjoy? Can you believe this about the Lord, that he would actually want you to do something that you enjoy? If you know God, you know he's that way. He wants you to do something that you enjoy. doesn't mean that in life you'll, ne- you'll never have to do things that aren't fun, aren't enjoyable. That's a part of it. But for the most part, the major direction of our lives should be in connection with what we in- enjoy and like. What am I passionate about? What am I passionate about? Something that burns in me. And I'm just mm, I'm moved by this. I want to make change here. I want to make something different. A lot of great inventions. Uh, that people have come up with they've discovered man this is aggravating something someone needs to create something and make this better and they did and they made a gazillion dollars doing it because they found a need they found something that, that that's a reality in people's lives that needs to be changed and there are a lot of those available still those things have not been exhausted okay what has produced fruit what has produced fruit in other words you've been you've done it and it's resulted in success. Things work when you give your efforts to that area. Uh, sometimes, you know, trial and error can be a good way of discovery. Maybe not the best, but, you know, uh, at least people are moving. You can't steer a parked car. And when people begin to check things out, they find, nope, not that, nope, not that. Ooh, maybe that. You know, I've told, told people when they come to church, they say, where should I serve? Where should I be involved in the body of Christ and make a difference? I say, well, here's one thing you can do. If you think an area might be right, try it out. We're not going to make you sign a lifetime commitment. <laughs> you know, go, go work in this area, you know. Work for a few months or six months or something. If at the end of that you think, man, this was the worst six months of my life, it's probably not your place. But you might find, wow, there's something here I didn't even recognize. I didn't even know I would be so fulfilled and people would like me when I did this. You know, if you get involved in an area and everyone doesn't like you and uh, as far as, you know, it's not creating anything good in that environment, well, go to move on to the next thing. No condemnation. We're moving. We're checking things out. We're endeavoring to be a blessing and a help everywhere we go. And, and, and these are real key to us um, discovering what God wants us to do and the design that we have in our lives. Okay, here we go ready to do something everybody got a yellow piece of paper in their bulletin if you didn't get one ushers are in the aisle in the fronts and uh and uh and they are lift your hand and they will give you one of those yellow sheets of paper praise the lord and i want everyone to look for a pen as well look for a pen there should be if you didn't bring one there should be one in a lot of the seats if you didn't, don't have a pen, quick, run down to the store. We'll wait for you. 
All right. Anybody else? Lift, lift your hand. They'll take care of you. Now, here's what I want you to do. This is just this is for your purposes. I'm not. They're not going to turn this back in. You're not going to share it with somebody else unless you want to. This is for your purposes only. And uh, you see, there's three columns there with a one, two, three. I want you to only write in the column. Okay, just write by the one, two, three. I'm going to ask you a question. These are thoughtful questions. This is not just flippant yes or no stuff. Okay, I want to make you think here for a moment. So uh, let's get something done. Here we go. Number one, on the first, in the first column there, I want you to write three things that you want your pastor to say about you at your funeral. Okay, so I want you to think about it. Three things that you want your pastor to say about you at your funeral. All right. So I, everyone, you know, this will be helpful for you if you don't do it. It's, that's up to you. But uh, it's best not to say, well, my wife does all the stuff in my house. This is not about family unit. This is about individuals here. All right. Sometimes men sit back and watch their wives do it all. <laughs> All right, I won't go off on that. <laughs> Three things you want your pastor to say about you at your funeral. I'll give you a moment, and I'll get, get on to the next one. Don't overanalyze. Take a minute and think. Write something down. You can, you know, it could be changed later, but I realize sometimes this is some pretty thoughtful stuff. Three things you want your pastor to say about you at your funeral. Number two. Am I going too quick? Number two, three things you want people to know about you. This is not when you're dead. This is right now. What are three things that you want people, you want others to know about you? What do you want said at your funeral? As we eulogize over your life. And what do you want people to know about you? I have a great short game. That's what I know. <laughs> if they only knew. <laughs> I could be the next American Idol. <laughs> <If they, laughs> Alright, I'm making jokes because I don't know what to do when I'm quiet. <laughs> Unless we're praising the Lord or something, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Alright, number two, that's good. Everybody ready for number three? Alright, some of you don't be doodling now. Don't draw on little stars. <laughs> what are you doing that? <laughs> Alright. Three things you want people to know about you. Number three, I want you to write your three top weaknesses. Your three top weaknesses. Don't you faith people say, no, that's not a good confession. I'm not going to write that. <laughs> faith doesn't ignore problems. It deals with solutions. Three top weaknesses in your life. Hi. 
<laughs> Three top weaknesses. Everybody got that? You only have two. I, I'm so with you. No. <laughs> you can loan one of your points to him. He's got four. <laughs> All right, here's number four. Number four is three things you can do to overcome those weaknesses. Three things you can do to overcome those weaknesses. You know, if someone said, I'm, well, I don't want to give you illustrations. I'll let you come up with your own. Because <laughs> I could be saying things that are actually written down. So I want you to come up with your own. Uh, three things you can do to overcome those weaknesses. All right, so we did, here's what, here, just to rehearse, three things you want your pastor to say about you at your funeral. That's the first column. Second column, three things you want people to know about you. Number three is three top weaknesses in your life. And then number four, three things to do to overcome those weaknesses. All right, now I want you to write this. Is everybody done? No. I want the eggs to boil out there. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to write at the top now. At the top of each section. Over number one column, you write vision. This is your vision for your life. Over number two column, write goals. These are your goals. Number three, you write obstacles. These are the things that are standing in the way. And number four, you write plan. Number four, this is your plan. This is what you're going to do. Not about theory. Not about just, well, what, if it could only be. It's about having a plan to do something. This is what I'm going to do to overcome these obstacles so I can reach my goals and, and, and fulfill my vision in my life. Amen. Does that reveal some things about your own life? It's key to our future that we have some discovery. And if you take time to discover some things about your own life, to discover your purpose, your gifts, your bent, your God design in life, it will make a difference in where you go tomorrow what you're going to put your efforts towards, what you're going to do in life. Father God, thank you now for every person who's here. We thank you for the life of God, the love of God that's been placed inside of us. And I thank you for doing a mighty, mighty work in every one of us. Lord, I believe that you're leading us. You're guiding us. You're directing our steps. Lord, we purpose in our hearts to do exactly what you would have us to do knowing that it's good for the kingdom it's good for others and it's good for us so Lord enlighten our paths I pray give us the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of you the eyes of our understanding being enlightened and we thank you for directing every step help every person to live through this next year and find fulfillment in their gifting and in their place 
Father, I pray in Jesus' name. But I also pray for those today who have never been saved.